0: so cue the dagger brought to you in partnership with inside the rink inside the rink is your one-stop shop for all nhl news insight and analysis you can follow them on twitter at inside underscore the underscore rink i'll be your host clifton ramey now i'm with my co-host logan rosengard how are you doing today
1: i'm doing pretty good tonight cliff how are you
0: Doing pretty good. Uh, just for the fair warning of everyone listening, we are recording in the middle of the LA Kings game. Uh, it's at the end of the first period. The Hawks got absolutely dominated, but Patrick Kane made it one nothing. so that's where we are. Colin Deal is in net looking good, um, but we probably won't touch it much on that game uh, considering it's going on.
1: A quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BETUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com.
0: Well, Logan, since we've been here, it has been a wild time in the NHL. The trade deadline's passed. A few games have went through. Jonathan Taze has been in the media talking. Just one quick question before we get into anything. How do you feel about the organization and the way we're headed?
1: I'll start by saying Kyle Davidson did surprise me with his deadline moves. Uh, not in the sense that I thought they were bad, but he did he went into the job saying that we're going to be in a rebuild when he got hired like officially hired to be the GM and uh, te- got the interim tag taken off and he's stuck with it thus far he traded Brandon Hagel and got basically the nuts in return to first rounders like I, I don't want to get too deep into it before we get to uh, our trade deadline kind of segment but I, I'm pretty pleased with the direction that he is taking the team in the short time that he's stepped in officially.
0: Um, Yeah, I'd agree. There's definitely a direction that we're, those teams headed in Kyle Davidson did what he said he was going to do. Everyone except for, I guess, Jonathan Taze knew where this team was headed. Um, and then I'll just jump right into that. Tate's most recent comments in the media Everyone bear with me. I'm going to go ahead and give this a go. I'm going to try to read this out for everyone so they can know what he said. So Jonathan Tays was recently asked if he could see himself playing for another team and essentially just about the future and whatnot. And his response was, quote, I'm not going to lie. It was disheartening to see a couple of really good friends go. When you cultivate that chemistry and that friendship and that connection with your teammates, you want to keep building off of it. So it's definitely a little disheartening. For the longest time, the thought never entered my mind to leave Chicago. And in this case, you can't help but picture yourself and what it would be like to play for another team and what that experience would bring. Though the thought pops in your head, but Chicago is my home. See, I have some real big bones to pick with Mr. Captain Sirius, right? He's going to come over here and he's going to talk about being disheartening and how this is tough. Well, yet he's the one that is underperforming. He's making 12.9% of the Blackhawks cap, and he's performing like a third line forward. He's negative nine on the year, which is absolutely unacceptable. And, yes, before I keep going in and I keep digging at Jonathan Taze, yes, he missed the whole year. Yes, I understand that. It takes time to come back. He had major health issues. But at some point, he's played 53 games this year, has eight goals, and 18 assists. That's not $10.5 million worth of production. That's not acceptable. I'm sorry, Tays. You've been on a little soap opera and a little soapbox here all season long complaining about a rebuild and how this year is tough and yada, yada, yada. Yet, if you performed during this contract, the Blackhawks would be in a much better position. If you performed up to your contract, You would look more like the Edmonton Oilers with two heavy-paid guys performing, dragging a team to be a wild-card team. You're not. Patrick Kane is. You're not performing. If you performed, we might be looking at being in the playoff race. You didn't score for like 23 games to start the season, and we were were in a giant hole, and they never got out of it. Stop complaining. You wear a seat. I want players to be open and tell you how you feel. I don't want my captain talking like this. It's a rebuild. You have young guys like Alex to and Kirby doc. And you don't think they don't see that. They grew up idolizing so-called captain Sears, And now he's over here dreaming about other teams while he's playing for an organization that has given him everything. Three Stanley cups, a cons, a Selkie. I think he's a five-time ulcer. He's the youngest player in the triple gold crowd. Like he's done everything. I'm sorry that the last few years have been tough. Because you've underperformed under your contract.
1: I wouldn't necessarily throw Jonathan Taze's individual abilities. Uh, I don't know. I. I mean, look, it, it's hard. To answer that kind of question as the captain, especially of the Blackhawks, considering the uh, media market that Chicago brings and the. Just, just the hockey market that Chicago is, it's hard to answer a question about the trade deadline and the future of the team when, it, let's be honest, Jonathan Taze is a pretty realistic player. Like, when he opens up, this isn't – Jonathan Taze doesn't talk very much. He's a very old-school guy in the way that it – at least in my eyes, he's a very uh, classic understanding of what it means to be, like, a, a the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks, Right he he's he's a leader on and off the ice he has to lead he has to represent the organization and his teammates and the coaching staff in a certain way because that's what's expected as the captain with that being said i think he's it look he's he's at the next next season's going to be his contract season he's 32 33 he does not necessarily have the most time to play in the NHL. not saying he's going to retire because I think he's got a lot more juice left in him, but I think it's tough, right? The guy had a concussion and is coming off of one of the most like hard year and change that he's probably ever faced as a player and as a person. And for him to be posed with this question of like, how do you feel about the future of you and the club? It, it puts a lot on his mind, right? Like Brandon Hagel and him were clicking. You saw uh, uh, the on ice product when Hagel and Taze are playing together. They were on Taze was feeding off the Hagel's energy. Hagel was feeding off of Taze's energy and it, good things were happening. It's hard to lose a guy that you're clicking with. And that's young and realistically could have still been a part of the Blackhawks future. It's hard to see him go and just like be okay with it. Right? Like I get the whole, you don't necessarily want your captain of your, you know, the face of your franchise, the guy that brought you three Stanley Cups, uh, saying that there are thoughts of other teams, but it, it's hard to not understand where he's coming from and, like, the headspace that he has to be in. Like, I can't imagine. you're it, Like, you're having a pretty bad season in terms of statistics by his standards, not that he's the worst player on the team, but 26 points in 53 games isn't necessarily the Jonathan Tays that we all know and love and remember during the Stanley Cup runs. That's not the Jonathan Tays that Jonathan Tays knows can he can be. It it there's a lot for him, and I kind of understand. Like it, I I don't know. I'm I'm a little more sincere and open minded hearing that because I kind of under I I can I can understand and grasp the headspace that he's in.
0: That's fair enough, and the re- the really only thing that gets to me is you're been here in this organization, gave him everything, and he's accomplished everything. Like right, he's going and down I, in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's
1: I don't think he's dissing the the organization by saying like I I don't know I don't think he's he didn't say anything particularly bad. He literally just said it. It's you know when a guy like Brandon. I, Hayes, I just have one know? question for you. Yeah. Is
0: that the role model you want set for a Alex to bring for a Dylan strong, for yes. a Lucas Reichel? 100%. It's not for me. That attitude is not, not what I want. His play on the ice hasn't been great. His attitude off the ice all year has been a pity party, dude.
1: Like he's Cap- not been Lee, like, captains don't need Patrick, to be the best player on the ice, dude. Like look at Mike. I'm, I'm not, not talking about
0: that. Though. I it's know, but if part. you're
1: citing, if you're citing that as a, if you're citing that as a reason that, you know, I'm citing not the best that as a reason model.
0: for why they're in a rebuild. I'm not citing that for the reason of him making a comment or the reason why I haven't disagreed. They'd still with the
1: be, a, they'd still, they've been in a rebuild even when Jonathan Tays had like a career season. Like, this isn't, oh, this isn't well, even he had that one good year, and that's the year they went to the bubble
0: and they beat Edmonton, and then he got and then he missed the whole year. That was the one year they were a playoff team, just like I said, they're identical almost to an Edmonton. If he was playing at that level, you'd be like an Edmonton, we'd be in a wild card chase. Um, but, but my thing is, it's not necessarily about his play that has my issue. My issue is I don't want my captain that should be setting a, a role model for my young players. Like he should be setting a standard for the young kids. If you want to go to Kyle Davidson in private and say, I want to be moved, then okay, I'm fine
1: with wanting he, out,
0: but he's not, I don't privately. think he's,
1: I don't think he's saying he wants out though. I think you're misunderstanding what, uh, I think you're misunderstanding that one sentence like that one specific answer to that question or part of his answer to that question. So this
0: right here, what that experience would bring, that's you daydreaming. That's not you. You're no longer just thinking about it. You're daydreaming. Like you're, you're literally, that's you saying, I would rather be there than be here. That's exactly how I take that. I take that as you would rather be on per se a Tampa Bay lightning with Brandon Hagel than you would rather be right here in Chicago. And this team has given you everything.
1: Chicago's my home. I love the Blackhawks, love the organization. It's been my family for a long time, and I'm not putting the cart before the horse or getting ahead of myself in any way. Uh, the thought pops in your mind, or where am I? In this case, you can't help but picture yourself and what it would be like to play for another team and what that experience would bring. That's in context. Like Brandon Hagel was like his guy. Brandon Hagel was, was like family to him, right? Like you, Freddie you Higgins Higgins was guy, not the like, first
0: player that Taze has seen leave. close I know, left, I, is left. like this is nothing new. He didn't throw this hissy fit then, he didn't have a pity party back in then. In 2015, when they blew the roster, he was 20,
1: he was 26 and 27. Now that he's like the leader, when they so left, now, so now that it doesn't fit
0: Taze and what Taze wants. Now it's OK for him to go against it. But when the, the Hawks were giving up the future, trading first round picks and sacrificing everything they had in the future to go for cup runs when he was in his prime playing at his peak, he can't turn around and give the Blackhawks a little bit and help them with the rebuild. And I don't. again, I'm OK if Tays wants out, do it privately, do it like a true leader you used to be. You are not this leader. You did not handle the Kyle Beach thing correctly earlier this year. You've still relentlessly not answered questions on that. It's been an awful year for Jonathan Tays in the press. It's been talked about in Chicago media that he's just not that way. If you go look on social media, people are saying that he should lose the seat. That's absolutely outlandish. That man should wear the seat every day that that man's in Chicago regardless. That man should never lose his seat. That's not my issue. My only issue is do it privately. That comment Shut up, don't make it. Do what Patrick Kane does. You just push it off. Hey, I'll talk about it in off-season. It's an off-season conversation. Why are you throwing a pity party all year long, Jonathan Tays? All year long. I'm done with him whining. Like, shut up and play hockey. You're making 10.5 million dollars. It can't be that tough. I don't
1: know. I, I think I think there's more context to, to the comment. Like, I I don't think he'd he doesn't want out of Chicago. If he wanted out of Chicago, we, he would have said that. Like there would have been. I think he wants out. I don't think he wants out, dude. He like, I don't know. I I think. There's.
0: Did you, did you watch the video though? Like he looks be. He looks like he doesn't want to be here. Like
1: he looks like
0: he's tired of being the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks. That's what he's that means. Tired
1: of like. being the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks. He's tired. He's the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks in one of the sure historically like worst years in team history. Stan Bowman had to step. Stan Bowman got canned. The entire front office was in a shitstorm in the, in the media. He didn't because like of this Stan crime. Bowman.
0: That's good for him. He was publicly against Stan Bowman because Stan Bowman wouldn't talk to
1: him. Remember Stan Bowman told
0: him know, to play I know, but GM? you've
1: got under, like, there's there's so much that this guy's probably so many like personnel meetings and and say he he I bet he was pretty uh, active in the search for for the GM. This guy's tired, dude. It's been a long season and he's still coming back from a concussion, like coming back from a year long concussion and like the mental funk and whatever it was that he had. And then coming back in the season, the Blackhawks have had. That's a lot for the captain. That's so much like he's a human. <laughs> Like I know, it's not necessarily the most ideal thing for your captain to be alluding to the concept of leaving the team and playing for another club in times of, you know, uh, it, during the hardships of a club's rebuild. That's not the dedication you want to necessarily hear from a sentiment from your captain. But there's just so much more to it than than him him having that like slightly offhand but still in context comment. I I just I just think you're misinterpreting it entirely and not overreacting, but slightly it's, overreacting. It's not
0: just that one comment, though, dude. Like, if you just watch his press conferences after games all year long, go back and rewatch him, dude. He throws a pity party. Like, he's just on a soapbox, and he wants everyone to feel bad for him. And I'm just tired of it, dude. You're making – $10.5 million. You're one of the greatest hockey players to ever do it. You're going to have a statue inside the United center. Your number 19 is going to be retired there. You've accomplished everything and anything you can. Yes. Do you want to win? Is he an ultra competitor? Yes. Everyone knows that. But my thing is Patrick Kane is handling this in a more mature manner than Jonathan Tate. How the hell is that a thing? How, if I would ask you five or six years ago, Who would have handled this situation more maturely, Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze? You would have laughed in my face if I would have answered Patrick Kane. Yeah, Patrick Kane has the maturity to handle it in a way that it's setting a model that you want your young players to represent and go after. Taze, on the other hand, isn't. Taze is acting. And I like that he's expressing himself. But at some point, dude, get off your soapbox, man. Like and he's been doing it all year, and this this comment is just the one that pushed me over the edge, and it pushed a lot of people in Chicago over the edge. Like, I'm, we're not I the know. only people to talk about I, it. Uh, so, but I, I mean, I,
1: I think I think it's a bad hill to die on. That's just me. Like, I I, I, I think I you see- made
0: a lot of fair points. So, I mean, it's it's you have a fair argument for sure. It's just I don't know. I'm just frustrated, and I think that he could just handle it like Kane and just shut up until the off season, like do it privately. If you want to go talk to Kyle Davidson about you daydreaming about other teams or whatever, I just, I don't want to hear about it. You're supposed to be the captain and the leader. And I expect you to be that. I know it sucks that you wear a C, and it's a little extra, but he's worn it his whole career. And in my opinion, he was supposedly looked at as the greatest captain of all time. And I think that that's taken a little bit of a hit this last few years because it's shown that, He can handle it when he's winning, and when he's losing, he starts to get a little sore and a whiny little baby, kind of like Crosby when he was losing. But I know losing is frustrating, and I get where he's coming from from a personal standpoint, and if he wasn't wearing a C, I probably wouldn't be on this hill, but I just think uh, when you wear a C, you carry a little different weight. That's just my opinion. But yours is a fair point, and I do agree with a lot of things you say, so – um, we'll go ahead and move into uh, the trade deadline here, and we'll talk about the first one and probably the least consequential trade was the one that came through right of the wire. The Calgary Flames acquired Ryan Carpenter from the Chicago Blackhawks for a 2024 fifth-round pick. Thoughts?
1: I like Ryan Carpenter as a player. I think he's a pretty good utility guy in the fourth line. He's an energy player. He's not going to score a lot of goals. But he's he's, just—he's—he's an energy guy. He's someone you like in the room. He's someone that can produce a pretty—he's a scrappy uh, player that can play on the boards pretty well. There's there's hundreds of there's tens of guys in the NHL that can do that for just for the same price, if not cheaper. We you know it's 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 a textbook uh, like depth forward trade for future considerations it's nothing uh, hopefully he does well with calgary hopefully calgary goes on a little run and he's able to help them out down the stretch but we we got uh the the team got a draft pick in the future that's always good
0: fair enough yeah not really much to talk about i love carpy love his game uh type of player that any team going on a playoff run can use you can never have too many defensive forwards to add so good add by calgary um Good move by Kyle Davidson to get something for him. Um, it's always better to get something than to let an asset walk. Um, right. Yeah. I'm alluding to something that we'll get to later on. Um, and if, then we'll move on to – oh, wait, no, you're good.
1: Go no, if, if that – like, yeah, if that was the max value that we could get for Ryan Carpenter, then that's the max value we got. Like, good.
0: Yeah, it is. It is what it is. I don't think uh, we could really expect to get too much for him. But we'll move on to this one. It was really sad um, when this one hit that morning of the de- of the deadline. Um, Mark Andre Fleury and fifty percent retained is going to the Minnesota Wild for a twenty twenty second round pick. Do not listen to the Chicago Blackhawks in this crap of a first conditional. It's a second round conditional pick that can turn into a first round pick if Flurry wins four playoff games and the Minnesota Wild make it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, I'll again let you go ahead and take this one first.
1: Um, I would have liked to seen a little more return. I know the Blackhawks were pretty hard bargaining. That Flurry was minimum, a first round pick, or was worth a first round pick. Uh, Minnesota didn't want to give up a first round pick, rightfully so. I wouldn't necessarily want to give up one for the for Flurry either. But uh, I don't know. I think it's a good deal. We get a pot. We get a second round pick in this year's draft, possibly a first, which. If Minnesota keeps playing the way they do, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it turned into the first rounder, but I don't know a little more return, maybe a fourth round pick or, a, you know, the conditional second and some B grade prospect or a second and another deeper draft pick. Just try and, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the max value, although it probably is.
0: Um, Yeah, it was definitely interesting. Davidson said he wanted the first Minnesota, said they weren't going to give up anything. I think ultimately, Marc-Andre Fleury was only really willing to go there. He was never asked about the Toronto thing and Kyle Dubas. I think Kyle Dubas is a little whiny baby about this whole leak trade thing. As a little side note, get over it. Kyle Davidson used it to his advantage, in my opinion, so that way he could drag the market up for the next trade that we will get to. So I won't go any further on that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good move for the Blackhawks. I think ultimately that was the only move that they were going to be able to make with Fleury, Fleury had all the cards. Minnesota's close. It's good for his family. It's good for him. Minnesota's good. I'm a wild fan for the playoff run. Fully going to be rooting for them. 100%. I once they hit the Western Conference Finals, they can go ahead and lose and hit the links. I don't care anymore. But up until the Western Conference Final, I'm a wild fan. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a win-win. Um, it's not really what I wanted. It's not the first round pick. It can be, but it's going to be late in that scenario, but it is what it is. He, Kyle Davidson probably got the best that he could just based off what you're hearing about the goalie market. Most of the teams weren't interested. He shut down the the Washington capitals right away. And that was kind of that. So what was the
1: deal that the capitals offered? I'm forgetting the rumor.
0: Uh, I, from what I heard, it was just a first and a prospect. But I didn't see anything. The only trade specific ones I saw was like uh, the Toronto ones, apparently yeah. for uh, Hagel and uh, Flurry. It was uh, Matthew Nye's uh, first round pick and something else, a prospect or pick, something like that. And Dubas do his little hissy fit or whatever.
1: Can you imagine if that if that's what we got in return from Brandon Hagel? Like we got Brandon Hagel, we get we, we give up Brandon Hagel, and Mark Andre Flurry to the Leafs in return, we get, uh, knees, a first round pick and like a prospect in another second round pick. Like that's a pretty good return. It's,
0: it's interesting. And, um, we'll go ahead and we'll jump into the Hagel trade right here. And then we can kind of discuss that because yeah. I want to discuss which package you would rather had. So, um, we'll jump into it. Tampa got Brandon Hagel, a 2022 fourth round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick. And the Chicago Blackhawks got a 2023 first round pick, a 2024 first round pick, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk. Um, the two first round picks from Tampa are top 10 protected. And now you can go ahead and just uh I have one statement that I wanted to make. Radish has looked fabulous since coming over in the three games, not counting I've, the LA game going on. Um he had two goals and one assist. So
1: I've I've really liked the impact that Radish has made. Like that's That's good to. It's good to see an immediate return on on a trade like that because, I mean, Radish basically just slid right into Hagel's spot in the lineup. He's been playing with Tays and Strome, and he's looked fantastic. He's keeping pace. He's creating space. That's that's a line that I like in the in the exact same way that I liked it when Brandon Hagel. That's a great good asset to have i love the usage
0: on the power play too that like almost extra bumper guy that they're kind of using him as like he's fitting in perfectly he's got that connection with alex and dylan strome the erie otter line dude i like radish a lot i think it was a good pull um kachuk brings a little physicality i think he's a good fourth line guy i don't think he'll really progress much further but i do think radish has a little upside to him i
1: think if we're Looking at the overall package, I, I said it earlier in the show, but they got, like, max value, I think, from Julian Brisebois and the Tampa Bay Lightning. We got two first-round picks and two NHL-ready prospects for an organization that didn't have those first-round picks before and for an organization that is like committing to a rebuild to get two first round picks and two nhl ready guys that they can use for future trade fodder that they can use in their system and develop like that's a they they got the nuts they got i think they got the best possible return i will say i i would i, I do prefer this return over that Theoretical package we saw from the Toronto uh, trade. With oh my
0: God. As you were just talking, Radish just got absolutely robbed on the power play there. Like a cross crease pass under brink. It Should have just had another goal. Sorry.
1: No. Uh, but I mean, again, immediate impact. But yeah, I like the deal. I think good, good job. Good first impression from Kyle Davidson.
0: Yeah, no, it was definitely a good move. I definitely liked it. Um, it's interesting as far as the dies prospect. He's apparently really good, uh, but I don't know too much about him. I do like Radish so far. Like I said, he's looking really good, specifically on this power play at the 11-minute mark in the second period of the L.A. game. Um, anyone who watched that game will know what I'm talking about, so good for those five people. Um, but we'll go back to the trades. I did have um, some complaints here with Davidson, he didn't move Calvin DeHaan. He didn't move Dominic Kubelik. He didn't move Dylan Strom Borgstrom. The ones that I'm really upset, I shouldn't say upset, disappointed, and the lack of movement is probably the wrong decision I would have to say is in Calvin DeHaan and Kubelik I do like Calvin DeHaan he brings a lot and he could help us specifically like Alex Vlasic who made his debut and looked pretty good as a defensive defenseman I think that's a guy he could use to learn from so I don't hate that he didn't move Don I just think that you probably could have got a third a fifth round draft pick, and that would have been more valuable. I think Dominic Kubalik is an absolute waste of a body. That's why he's a healthy scratch tonight. He's looked like, like absolute crap all year. I'm not a fan of him anymore. I loved him his rookie year. Now I just don't want him on the roster anymore. I would have taken a seventh for him. Not I'll really. Say, i say if they got a 7th
1: i I'll I'll say about Kubalik. I think it's smart that we didn't trade him because I don't think we could get the the value that we probably could have gotten a month earlier. Well, we got to qualify that
0: like three five to three seven or something like that next year That's just a lot
1: I mean having his rights like everyone knows that he's this guy that can score 30 goals the fact that you have first dibs at a guy like Dominic Kubalik is valuable in and of itself so I think we're trying to I think from like a value trade value standpoint holding on to Kuba League for the rest of the season and trying to milk any sort of stats and play out of him that will drive his trade value up?
0: I just don't know if that's possible. I, mean, I don't know if it is either. Tonight. Is he really a 30-goal scorer, or did he just come in the league and get hot and teams didn't know who he was and his play style and they didn't play him? But to me not a guy that's very physical, even though he looks like he's swole. He's doesn't go in the corners hard. He doesn't play great defensively. He's a liability out there. He's got a really good cannon of a shot, but I've never seen a guy with a good shot lift more than Dominique Kubalik. Like, my God, dude. The amount of times he goes to take a one-timer and it just twinkles by his feet and goes into the corner and he's looking up in the rafters like, where did my pup go? It's I don't know. I mean, I I liked him a lot, the rookie year. And just the last two seasons have been super disappointing. And I just think that they should have moved on and gotten something and just opened up a spot for somebody else. Lucas Reichel is coming up next year. Jonathan Tays is still here next year. That You just need a spot for Lucas Reichel to slide in. So then Dominic Kubelik's back on your third line again. And we're going to go through this all next year and then go to the deadline and do the same thing. I don't know. I just – I think I've given up on Dominic Kubelik. I'm off the train, and that's it.
1: It sucks to see him take the regression in, like, actual productivity. Like, I I was super excited when we got him, and I, I, as soon as we traded traded that fifth-round pick for him, I wanted to know everything about him because he was coming from the same... uh, he he was basically the same kind of player that Dominic Cahoon was in the German league or the Czech league. Like he was the league's lead scorer, and he was this guy coming over to the NHL that uh, looked like he could make a pretty good jump and transition well. And at the time, Dominic Cahoon was one of my favorite players on the team, and just like a, a guy that I really liked watching. So I figured I'd get to know Kubelik's play style and holy shit, he could score a lot of goals and he was pretty greasy with how he did it. And he, he found that his rookie year last year, he kind of found that like if, if it was a full season, he was on pace for a little under 30 goals this year. I think it's just a, I, I think it's just a circumstantial thing. I don't even know if we trade him because his value isn't all that high. Not that getting a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick isn't bad, but I, if we can get a fourth round pick in September before you, before like you can no longer, before the trade window closes and he's a fourth rounder and he's still for the fourth rounder now, I say just hold on to him and try and get as max value as you can. Or if he happens to turn it up again, then you have Dominic Cooper League. I don't know. I, I see both sides.
0: Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see what the Hawks do there. Uh, They do have his rights. They could just do a whole trade him away, just his rights kind of thing. They have to decide what they're going to do with Dylan Strom. Personally, I want Dylan Strom signed. I'm not going to jump into that. We're going to have all offseason to go through that talk about Dylan Strome. Is he a point-for-game player? Yada, yada, yada. We can get into that at a later date. There's not going to be too crazy much to talk about from a Blackhawks standpoint. At this point, the deadline's passed. That was the biggest thing for us. The next thing we're really looking forward to is the draft, getting to learn about some prospects and whatnot, seeing if this second round pick from Minnesota can turn into a fit or a first. So we're just kind of in the holding pattern as Hawks fans in this scenario. Um, but yeah, that's gonna kind of do it for the pod today. Uh thank you all for listening. Um, Logan, you have any final thoughts?
1: Uh Rock Shock. Let's go, Jayhawks, baby.
0: All right, there you go. Some little little March Madness thrown in there. Come on, it's um, the
1: Best time of the year, Cliff. <laughs> for
0: basketball fans, it is that's for sure. Personally, I, I'm a fan of uh, October playoff hockey time, June, July, but basketball is the bottom of my totem pole. It's, personally,
1: I I understand that from like a personal standpoint. I that it, it. I mean, admittedly, I'm pretty blessed to be able to go to Kansas and go to. Kansas basketball yeah, it's got, games. It's, it's gonna be fun for you. Oh, it is it's a it's a contagious Wild environment. Atmosphere.
0: I can't imagine. It's a
1: contagious environment in Allen Fieldhouse, and I'm jealous. I got a few friends that made the drive uh, to Chicago uh, for this weekend's games at the United Center because that's where Kansas' regional is, and um it, it it's be it's, it's contagious. Buzzing. It's contagious. The buzz is palpable in Lawrence. I'll tell you that.
0: Oh, man. You enjoy the run that they go on. Hopefully, they can go deep. I'm a Gators fan, personally, so they're not even involved. So, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and root for you guys. I don't got anyone in there. So, we'll go ahead and let's go Jayhawks. But uh, that's going to do it for the pod. Uh, Everyone, remember, we're doing a giveaway. Once uh, we hit 100 followers on Twitter, we are currently at 69 followers on Twitter nice um but anyway follow nice. us on twitter at q the dagger pod um thank you at inside the rink or at underscore the underscore rink for everything that you guys do thank you logan for obviously being a great co-host thank you all for listening and that'll do it for q the dagger <laughs>